Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good morning, everyone. How are we all doing? It is time for some Monday afternoon hockey. Yeah, we get a matinee day in terms of a start time, Martin Luther King Day. It's a very exciting matchup for the San Jose Sharks. As for the first time this year, we get to see them take on their rivals, the LA Kings. And obviously there are greater minds than mine taking on the scheduling, but man, it feels like we should have played the Kings by now. I know we had one game scheduled against the Ducks, but that was postponed. But man, it really does feel like we should have played them by now, but I digress. Let's take a look at these standings right now. The San Jose Sharks currently sit at fourth place in the Pacific Division, three points back of Anaheim, three points back of LA, and six points back of Vegas. So the Sharks sitting in that division and not too far out of those top three spots right now. Very competitive division, obviously, with a lot of teams really jumbled up there in the middle. If we look at the wild card standings right now, San Jose Sharks sit in second in the wild card standings. Four points back of Minnesota and two points up on Calgary. So for the Sharks, not a bad place to be right now. And one of the things that amazes me is, as I have said many, many times, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm active on the, the Twitterverse. I read the comments people put on Facebook, on Instagram, on Reddit. And it amazes me how many people think that the Sharks should be a, a better team. That to me is, I don't know, guys. I mean, the last couple of years, Leading up to this year, the San Jose Sharks had more talent out there on the ice, but were not performing nearly as well. This Sharks team is showing improvement from day to day, week to week, and month to month. And I think that that is the ultimate way that you would grade a team and how they're overall performing over the course of a season because they are better than last year. They are better than two years ago. That is exactly the direction you want them to go. And overall, in terms of big name talent, they don't have as much. Obviously, I need not remind you that Evander Kane is no longer a San Jose Shark, but he was a potent and star winger that was on this roster before that is no longer. Now, we can talk about the path that led us down this road. I, you know, that's a different discussion, but the Sharks overall are not as talented in terms of the established names out there on the ice. And so when I watch people talk about how this team should be better, I just think to myself, based on what? I mean, there would have been an easier, easier way for this team to be a lot worse this year. You could have been, you know, instead of six and one in the overtime period, you could have been three and three, two and four. You could be one and six at this point. You could be over seven. There's many different ways in which the season could have taken a more negative look. You go out on the road, you get blown out at Boston. That could take a negative effect on the season. It sends you down spiraling. Every time the Sharks have lost a couple of games, they've been able to bounce back with a couple of wins. That was not there previously. Every time the Sharks have had a bad period, it feels like they've been able to bounce back with a better period. Every time the Sharks have been put in a very negative situation of their own doing, 
pretty much feels like they've had a good bounce back. You know, I know that we don't look for moral victories, but we have to look for signs of an evolving and growing and maturing team. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you just want to look at this purely binary wins and loss and not look at any of the other mitigating factors of what's going on with the San Jose Sharks team. I do not look at it that way. I look at the team in terms of how they are performing over the long term. And I think that right now, after the Sharks were so good for so long, they had a little bit of a downstretch, but now they are once again back in the hunt. I mean, think about all the underperforming teams right now, right? I mean, think about how bad some of the teams are across the NHL that were supposed to be better than the Sharks. Vancouver was supposed to be better than the Sharks. Edmonton was supposed to be better than the Sharks. Winnipeg was supposed to be better than the Sharks. Calgary was supposed to be better than the Sharks. I think Minnesota was supposed to be four points better than the Sharks at this point of the year, depending on who you talk to. Uh, you know, I, I think you see Anaheim and, and L.A. performing above their heads, much in the same vein the San Jose Sharks were, that, hey, you know what? These teams have been able to implement newer, younger talent and look at it on the other side, and it's coming out with results. You can go to the Eastern Conference, too, and look at the disappointment regarding Montreal or regarding the Islanders. I mean, it's not that hard to figure out that the Sharks are exceeding expectations. Yet I see people trying to blame this on Bob Bugner or Doug Wilson or Eric Carlson or whatever it's going to be. The Sharks are performing ahead of schedule at a higher level than most of the experts in the NHL perceived that they would be. To me, that's indicative of success on behalf of a Doug Wilson, on behalf of a Bob Bugner. But apparently some people aren't seeing it that way. And listen, we're all entitled to our own opinion. I'm not going to try and tell you otherwise. My viewpoint is that, hey, the Sharks are an improving team. If they continue to improve, if they continue to trend in the right direction, then this is going to put them at a very, very good spot as we get deeper and deeper into the year. And I also think about how relatively snake bit the Sharks have been right now. You think about a player like Noah Gregor and all the chances that he's creating, and yet he's not finding the back of the net. Well, I think his details better defensively, but I also think in the offensive zone, I think he's holding on to more puck. That's head coach Bob Bugner on the improvements that Noah Gregor has made to his game. You, you know, if he was guilty of anything last year, and um, being a young guy is just, you know, not stopping at the net and, and uh, um, you know, not driving the net and, you know, passing up on shots. I think he's rolling out of the corner with some speed and he's taking pucks to the net more. So, um, you know, unfortunately it hasn't uh, developed into uh, any goals for him, but, you know, you'd be worried if he wasn't getting chances and he was on the outside all the time, but he's on the inside, he's getting chances and uh, he's just got to keep with it. And Bugner offered this when talking about Gregor's overall game. Yeah, I thought Noah was one of our better forwards last night. I mean, you know, I think that uh, obviously he's probably a little bit frustrated. We're working with him. We're showing him things uh, the next day on, you know, positioning in front of the net and the scoring, but um, you know, I think he has speed to Cooch's line. I think he's doing a lot of great things defensively. And he had seven shots on net last night. And that's one of the reasons that we got to overtime. And you look at, you know, who am I going to play Cooch with in four on four? Um, you know, either Daly or Gregor. I thought that, you know, Gregor had a really good game and, and uh, produced a lot of uh, chances. And, uh, you know, it was a it was a logical choice there. So um, I like his game. You know, it's just unfortunate that, uh, he, you know, the pucks aren't going in for him. And yesterday at practice, Gregor himself was asked how he's keeping from getting frustrating, given the fact that he's creating so many brilliant opportunities, but getting denied time and time and time again. You, you got to have in your mind that, uh, you know, if you keep getting chances at some point, you're going to break through and you're going to you're going to score. You're going to get uh, you're going to get points. Uh, you just got to keep doing the right things. And I think the last, uh, you know, basically since the break, I've been doing that. I've been playing some good hockey, getting lots of luck. So at some point they're going to get in. You just got to stick with it and stay with it.
You know, Noah Gregor, when he came up earlier this year, he said he did not have any intention of going back down with the Barracuda. And he talked about the fact that he didn't have a great camp and what the message from Bob was starting off the season with the Barracuda. I think it was just, you know, finding my game again. I don't think I had the best camp. I didn't really do one thing where I stood out too much. That was kind of the the message. So it was kind of just going down and, and finding your game again. And, uh, you know, I had a really good start with the Barracuda, uh, played some good hockey and, uh, I think I've translated that pretty well to the to the Sharks here and um, just looking to continue playing well for the team. Now, obviously, it is not just Noah Gregor that's having difficulty finding the back of the net on the Sharks right now. It's team-wide. One of the things that the Sharks have shown is a power play unit that has both Burns and Carlson. This is what Bugner had to say about that power play unit. Yeah, you know, we talked a lot about that as a staff yesterday. And, and uh, you know, one of the things when you're not scoring, you're looking for different ways to tweak and change things and adjust. And I think that uh, we've tried that pairing in the past um, and haven't had a lot of success. But, uh, um, you know, sometimes it's good to, to, to throw a different look at teams. And uh, um, I, I really liked the look at that last night. I thought those guys controlled it. I thought, um, you know, we gave up a chance against because guys stayed on too long. They should have changed earlier. Uh, we talked about that as well. But, you know, we generated four high-end chances there, especially on that four-minute one we had at the end of the second, beginning and third. We did a lot of good things. We just, you know, I, everything but put the puck in. So it was good. I thought Eric looked comfortable over over there on the flank and uh, Burnsy up top. When we've done it in the past, we've actually had Burnsy on his one-timer side and Eric up top. So we switched to positioning a bit, you know, but again, I think when things aren't working or you're looking for, you're looking for answers, you got to, you know, you got your five best players out there and you try and give them a plan to, uh, you know, to have success. You know, I thought we were done with the experiment of seeing Burns and Carlson together on a power play unit and that it was better to have each of them leading a different unit, but also watching the power play struggle right now, it's like, you've got to try something. You've got to shake things up. Even if something didn't work in the past, you've got to try it again and see if it'll work now. I mean, that to me is the most important thing with the Sharks coaching staff is that they have to keep on trying. And I think that when you get into situations like this, you have to see what sticks in terms of creating offense. If that is overloading a power play unit, if that is putting Burns and Carlson together, you know, whatever it takes, really. I mean, that's how I view it. Don't assume that because something didn't work in the past that it might not work now. You might be able to make up something work now that you couldn't in the past. You might have guys that know each other's game a little bit more. Whatever the reasoning behind that change is going to be, it can't be worse than the alternative. If your output is zero, you literally cannot do any worse. So why not put those guys together and see if you can create something? And I think that's what Bob Bugner's trying to do. He wants to see how he can get a higher level performance out of his team. He also talked about if there's anything he's added to the guys about what they can do to try and put more pucks in the back of the net as a team. Yeah, that's what we did today. We, uh, um, you know, broke the game down last night. We looked at our chances against uh, um, the Rangers and our chances against Pittsburgh. We had those up this morning. And, you know, if we're guilty of anything is, is I believe, off the rush. We're not driving the net enough. I think we, uh, you know, we're, we're getting good possession. We're entering the line with speed. Uh, we're entering to the middle. We move it wide, and then our middle middleman or our other guy, we can have a single guy, a single lane driver, or a double lane drive. And I think at times we're guilty of uh, having neither. So when the puck finally gets to the net, um, we're sort of on the outside, and uh, that's what we're guilty of missing that a little bit from the inner slot. That's another issue. And and you know when we had drills today, where it's all we did was net drive and stop at the blue, and you know. Uh, bad angle shots off the pads or we're stopping in front or looking for sticks and, and, and tips and seconds and thirds. So um, that's all we did today was that was the theme of this morning is just getting pucks to the net with people getting there.
Yeah, when those rebounds came off in that game the other night, you know, you got to have somebody ready there to smack it back in, and the Sharks were not timely enough. And like Bugner said, you know, they needed to have more guys crash in the net. You need to create more problems. I mean, I think that's always what it comes down to. You need to create more problems for the opposition and put yourself in a position to be in a good position. That means you can't get there to get a rebound unless you hustle down, unless you crash the net when other guys are taking those shots to be there for a rebound. And I think a little bit more urgency in that regard might help the Sharks. And I also look at the overall relative urgency or lack thereof on the power play. You know, I I understand you need to be in control. I understand you need to be in awareness of what you're doing as a team. But if there's one complaint about the Sharks, it's that I just want to see a little bit more hair on fire, you know, completely out of their minds, desire to score. And I think that on power plays, it's got to be more like that. It's got to be more intense. It's got to be more just over the top. And you might say that's crazy, but, you know, what? what's the other alternative here? Because the team simply isn't scoring and they're creating chances left and right. You know, that's a, a little bit of bad luck in terms of the numbers indicating it should be a little bit higher in terms of what the goals scored should be. But, you know, sometimes you're just maybe not breaking down that defense enough. You know, I believe in going out there and taking control of a situation, battering the defense so that they are mentally defeated and do not have as much of a pushback. And I think sometimes when you do play a little bit more hair on fire and a little more hectic and a little bit more overly aggressive, the defense can get a little bit intimidated and a little bit just kind of thrown off their game. And if the Sharks can do that by playing with a little bit more of, again, that hair on fire mentality, maybe it'll help. Maybe it won't. I mean, I'm looking for answers just the same as Bob Bugner. He's obviously looking at things from the X's and O's much more than I am because he knows or has forgotten more about the actual tactical side of hockey than I will ever know. But also, uh, when I see a team that's being maybe not as intense as they should be on a power play in critical moments of the game, it stands out. I mean, who amongst us wasn't watching the Sharks start off the third period on the power play and think to themselves, you know what, I feel like this should be a little bit more intense. I feel like this should be a little bit more in their face. I feel like this should be a little bit more overwhelming, but it wasn't. I mean, it just was not that much of a... You know, certain teams, when they go on the power play, it's like you can feel it. It's visceral. They are in control. They are taking advantage. It hasn't been like that for the Sharks right now. And you wonder just how much of everyone's head it's in. It's like I've talked about seeing a little bit of hesitation creep into Burns' game. He was better uh, against uh, the Pens than he was against the Rangers. But you see a little bit of that hesitation creep in. And you don't want the guys to be hesitant. You want them to be decisive. You want them to be putting pucks on net. You want them to be crashing the net. You want them to be in the dirty spaces. You want them to make life uncomfortable for the opposition. And you just need more of that. Pour it on. You know, I know it seems that you, know, that you want to almost recede when you're trying this hard and you're not breaking through and regather, but it feels like, no, that's, that's doubt. That's your own headspace getting into things. Instead of you know, taking it back or tapering off, you need to double down that much more. And this is a big game today against the Kings. Noah Gregor. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, we know that we got a lot of uh, you know interdivision games here. A lot of teams that we haven't played yet uh, in our division. So these games are big. We're in a good spot right now. We're we're in a playoff spot. So uh, you know we know uh, this game against the Kings tomorrow night, and then a bunch moving forward uh, for the second half of the season are going to be big. Now, obviously, everything changes with the Sharks lineup seemingly every day due to COVID, due to injuries, whatever it's going to be. Uh, Bob Bugner was asked about Barabanov being in the protocol and where he was with regards to a potential return. I have to check on that, to be honest with you, Chris. I know that what his last test, from what I heard, was a, a good test. When I say that it's a good test, it means that, uh, you know, he's over that mark of, you know, almost to the point where he's testing out of it. So uh, I think that uh, remains to be seen how he does today and tomorrow. 
So with that being said, are there any more pending lineup changes? You know, I don't want to change too much. We play very well. Probably, uh, probably no. But uh, again, we make that decision after practice when we all uh, have our meeting here in the next five, 10 minutes. So, um, but I don't anticipate any uh, um, wholesale changes or anything like that. No. Obviously, we will have to see what the day brings. But, you know, I agree with Bob there. I do like how the team is playing. I don't think you need to make wholesale changes. I think you need to be a sharp on point team and keep on doing what you've been doing, because I feel like it's not that far off for the Sharks that if they keep on playing this style of hockey over the course of the season, it is going to yield more results. Taking a look around the NHL news landscape, we heard yesterday or two days ago that Jack Eichel is going to be back and with the Golden Knights in a couple of weeks, according to the owner of the Vegas Golden Knights, Bill Foley. Um, You know, that's a scary thought for Vegas, and it will be very, very interesting. Will it work? Will it not work? We have have no way of knowing. I'm inclined to think it will work, but obviously you never really know. Of course, Eichel coming back from neck surgery that led to everything going so poorly with the Buffalo Sabres and you know a generational talent has joined Vegas and we'll have to see what it brings I mean my early comparisons just in terms of trying to make sense of it is like this is potentially for them what Jumbo going to the Sharks was which would obviously not be good for the Sharks but I mean that's you have to look at it you have to be realistic and think about what this could mean to Vegas and also what that means for the Sharks so it'll be very very fascinating to watch that but while he's not out there then you got to catch up and try and gain ground on Vegas while you can scores out of the NHL yesterday the Canucks beat the Caps four to two and of course the game between the Oilers and Jets was one of those postponed games Today at 10 a.m., we have the Red Wings and the Sabres. Then at noon, the Wild and the Avs at 1 o'clock, the Coyotes and the Canadians. 2 o'clock, the Blackhawks and the Kraken. 4.30, the Flyers and the Islanders. 5 o'clock, the Predators visit the Blues. 7 o'clock, the Knights are hosting the Penguins. And the Devils and Maple Leafs was one of those postponed games. And, of course, we have the Sharks and the Kings at 1 o'clock this afternoon from SAP Center. And I will admit that I always get a little bit nervous with these early starts because you never know how the teams are going to respond. Obviously, these are two West Coast teams, so it will be equal time-wise in terms of it'll both feel like 1 p.m. to each team because, well, that's the time zone that they're used to playing in. I remember Game 5 against the Blues in the Western Conference Finals a couple years ago, and it was a noon or 1 o'clock start, and it just felt very, very sleepy to me inside the arena. Not a whole lot of atmosphere. The Sharks were obviously banged up and playing flat. And the Blues, it was more in line with their timeline in terms of their own circadian rhythm and biological clock. So it was something that I paid attention to. And then, you know, the 10 a.m. games this year against Boston and against Pittsburgh have not gone very well, and those were quote-unquote 1 o'clock starts in the time zone of which the Sharks looked like they were not quite awake yet. So it is something I pay attention to. But I look back at the last couple of games and I see what the Sharks have been able to produce. I see them looking like a team that is the better team on the ice for two games in a row against very good competition. The difference was the better teams had the greater level of execution and the Sharks, the less talented team, did not have the same level of execution and were not able to walk away with the win. One question, it was asked to Bob Bugner whether or not we're going to see Reimer today. This is what he had to say. Yeah, we're going to make that decision uh, well, very, very shortly. We wanted to go through practice, see how both guys were. But yeah, it's time for him to uh, to get back in. And, uh, you know, more than anything, I think that uh, Hiller's done a really good job giving us the chance to win every night. He's been solid in there. But uh, we played a lot of games lately with that travel out east. And, uh, um, you know, I believe this is our sixth and a half, 12 days. 
Um, so we're, yeah, we're seriously looking at putting back him back in tomorrow. Bob would know better than I, but I am a little hesitant to get Hill out of the lineup because he has been so hot. And that was one of the things that this team talked about this year was riding the hot hand. I understand he might need some rest, but Hill has been absolutely phenomenal in the last few games. And I'd like to see more of that. The Aiden Hill that we've been able to see is exactly the Aiden Hill that the Sharks went out and acquired and wanted to get. And you obviously see why. So we'll see what the Sharks do bring today against the Kings. But again, the performances in the last two games have been very, very high quality. You're just not getting the results. Hopefully that can change for San Jose today. That wraps it up with this edition of The Buildup. I will see you all tomorrow morning on Morning Tide. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.